Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. It's Thursday. Eagle Hour back on this fourth day of the work week. Luke Johnson, Kelly Santer, Michael Mergens from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Bob Getty out today, but got a great show for you today. Neville Barr joining us a little later. One of the newest members of the Golden Eagle baseball team set to join us here in just a second. Before we get underway with that, as always, the first segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue. In a community near you, the hometown team is located just outside Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg. They always smoke a great variety of meats, fresh every day. They can cater your next event. And as always, when you eat in the store, you get some of that Kelly Center-approved soft-served ice cream. Dickie's smoked here, loved Everywhere We're going to kick it off uh, today uh, on this Thursday. It's always exciting to, to talk to future Golden Eagles. And, Kelly, a, a big one that we're going to talk to uh, to lead off the show today. Left-hander Cross Sively, a starting pitcher who was a terrific pitcher at the high school level for Sumrall, which is uh, just northwest of the Hattiesburg area. Cross Sively originally committed to Jones College, but then his uh, high school coach, who went to Jones then to coach, Larry Knight, um, no longer at Jones, so Cross Sibley kind of rethought things, and an opening came up at Southern Miss and decided that that's where he's going to go. Luke's going to tell you about his numbers here in just a minute. But we welcome on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline, Cross Sibley. Cross, good to see you, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all? Yeah, we're doing, doing good. So tell us about how the transition happened between Jones and Southern Miss and how you guys were able to strike a deal, so to speak. Well, uh, Coach Austin is always, like, He's always been on me. He's always liked me, so we've always kept in touch. And just at the end of the summer, he's been he's called me a little bit more. He wanted me to come on a visit, and so I felt like I needed to go on a visit. And when I was there, I met the coaches. Um, I saw how everything was ran. I felt how the environment was, and, I mean, it just felt right. Now, I, ha- I must say that I've known Cross, full disclosure here, I've known Cross since he was nine years old, and he was one of my uh, Oak Grove Mojo players. And Cross, you remember when you were 10 or thereabout, I told you and your parents, I said, man, if you continue to develop the way that, that you have, obviously, that you have a chance to be really, really good. And that, that's been the case, man. So what's been the, the key to success coming up through? I mean, not, it's not usual that guys get to start as a freshman and be a, a stud pitcher as a freshman and go four years at the 4A level. But you did that. So tell us about it, your development as a pitcher. Uh, well, I mean, it's probably because all my coaches, it's like you started it off and then went to another, another travel team with another coach. He pitched at USM. And... Then just Coach Knight bringing me up with all the other coaches. And then all my teammates, I got to know them every year. They just helped me out. So It all comes down to performance on the field, Luke Johnson. And when you look at uh, Cross Sibley's numbers, he got it done. 
I got to actually watch Cross. I, I covered that uh, Summerall West Jones game uh, with you, Kelly, late in, in the season. And, man, a pitching duel it was. Uh, Cross shut down West Jones, really unlike any other pitcher had, had done all year. But when I look at his numbers, what, what uh, comes out to me is, so, Cross, you pitched starting in ninth grade. And, of course, everybody hated last year with COVID shutting it down. But for your career, a three-and-a-half K uh, to three and a half to one uh, walk or strikeout to walk ratio. Two hundred seventy-two batters you struck out, seventy-eight only you walked. And uh, we were joking off air. Your dad probably is a little tiff. You struck you only you walked seventy-eight. But anyway, uh, ERA point eight four in four years of high school baseball. Has that ever just kind of set on you when you looked at the numbers, just realizing what an impressive career you had? No, oh, I mean I've never I've never noticed that till after the season this year. Just going back and looking at all of them and just really appreciating how good I did and being thankful for it. So. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Luke Cross. I, you know, like I said, knowing him since he was a kid, total dichotomy in personalities. You've got now with us a very quiet, reserved, you know, smart guy, but quiet and reserved. But man, you get him on the baseball field and you got to see him up there at SoSo, an animal. You know, on the field. So, tell us about your 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 arsenal, the different pitches that you throw across, and some of the goals that you've set for yourself now as you head to Southern Miss August twenty third. Um. So, I have a four seam, I have a two seam, and I kind of have like a slurve kind of pitch. It's not really curveball or slider; it's just in between. I have a changeup, but I kind of like my two seem the best because it runs real late and it runs a lot and um, I mean my changeup's not it's still developing but I, it'll get there and lots of lots of left handers uh, you know they're not they don't throw in the upper 90s like a lot of the right handers do more left handers are tend to be finesse pitchers but cross civilly you'll still get it up there in the high 80s to, to low 90s when when you need to what are some of the goals that you that you want to accomplish this fall as you head to eagle land um i want to be a pitcher that regularly pitches um i want to go to the world series of course and but i want to help the team get there somehow so well, if you keep up that type, those type of ERA numbers, <laughs> you know, I, I would, I would think that's not going to hurt, huh, Luke? Small goals, just, just small goals there, Carl. No, we, we want to see you accomplish it. I guess the question I've got for you, living, you know, ten miles from Pete Taylor Park, roughly, what is the perception, or, or do high school players, you know, in the Pine Belt realize? You know how good the Southern Miss baseball program is. You know when you look nationally, specifically off how they competed in Oxford. I mean, pretty special to have a top twenty program in your backyard. Yeah, they're always around like twenty five ranking marks throughout the whole season, and uh, I just appreciated that and saw that they're always good, and I just hopped on it. Now at the high school level, Cross, you did have to. You you eventually became a pitcher only. You were used sometimes in the outfield and played an occasional first base. But yes, how did, how did you make that adjustment from going a guy that was playing every inning to the pitcher only? I know a lot of guys say wasn't an issue at all. How about with you? No, it really wasn't. I just that's that's my dream in college to do that. And as far as I can go in my career, that's all I want to do is pitch now. But um. I mean, I always told them, if I get replaced, I hope they do good because 
I'm fine with being a PO if they do good. Good, good for you. And we, we kind of mentioned your dad, uh, Danny, your, your, your mom, Lisa, but your dad, Danny, comes from a military background. So was, was, how would you describe that relationship with your dad as you were growing up and, and his uh, wanting you to excel and, in whatever you did, really? He never, he never wanted me to quit anything. And uh, it was always tough on me. I remember in the backyard, we would throw all the time. And if I overthrew him, he'd make me drop down to 10 push-ups. So... <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the military answer to everything, right? Drop and and, yep. and give me ten. Now you did have right. some some shoulder problems your sophomore year. Kind of take us back through that and and how you recovered. Um. Well, it was just it was a little bit of tendonitis for I don't know a couple of weeks to a month maybe. So I had to take time off and really uh, know how my shoulder really worked and know how to get better from it. And I just had to come back through the uh, playoffs, and we made it to state that year. Well, there, there are so there, helped any way we could. Yeah, there were a lot of people that were nervous in Summerall. Trust me, uh, when 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 you had the, those shoulder issues, but but glad that you came back. One postscript uh, about your dad: we talked about how you kind of have these different personalities. You're so quiet and reserved, and I, I think the first couple of weeks I was coaching, I didn't even know you had a voice. Um, <laughs> but yet, when you go on the field, it's 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 all business. Yes, sir. It's kind of weird how that works, or is it? How how are you able sir? to be so quiet in your personal life and such um, an animal on the field? I mean, I don't know. It's kind of alter ego, I guess, on the mound. That's what a lot of pitchers, that's what a lot of them do. They're just not necessarily quiet outside of the field, but they're just completely different on the mound, and that's like me. When you prepare, do you have a certain routine that you go through, a certain pregame meal, certain music that you'll listen to? Um, I definitely have certain music and things I do, but I don't. I don't. Mean, I don't have a meal or anything. Well, see, it now, has to be you know, on a routine. Well, that that maybe was just me, but um, you know, meals are real important to me before everything. So, Luke, <laughs> another good pitcher heading to uh, to Southern Miss and, and a lefty. And look, lefties are hard to come by, good ones. And the fact that Southern Miss has landed Cross Sibley, a feather in the cap there for the coaching staff at Southern Miss. Absolutely. Cross about 20 seconds left. What impact has Andy Davis had on your uh, development as a pitcher? Oh, my gosh. He's been – he's my next-door neighbor. So, he's been – he's had almost the biggest impact on me. So, I'm really thankful for him. Andy Davis, did, of course. Did you had... have to give him uh, ten, 10 push-ups, too, whenever uh, he heard your dad yelling? I mean, did he just come over across the fence and, and yell 10 more? No. Casey Davis would be the soft one on me. <laughs> Coach Davis, of course, the head Cross, coach at uh, Summerall High School, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cross, we appreciate your time today, man, and uh, good luck in, in Hattiesburg. We'll be cheering you on. All right. Thank you all. Cross Sibley, spelled K-R-O-S, a left-handed pitcher headed to Southern Miss on August 23rd when he will enroll as a freshman, and then he'll officially be an Eagle. So we go from a new Eagle to, shall we say, a not-so-new Eagle. Neville Barr, former football player at Southern Miss, says the Eagles get ready for fall practice. We'll talk to him as the Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Thursday, Cross Sibley, the newest member of the Golden Eagle baseball team, Pine Belt Pitcher of the Year. 
23-7 with a microscopic .84 ERA. 272 strikeouts and 200 innings pitched. For Summer Allen, he's going to be a lefty on the Golden Eagle pitching staff. Appreciate him coming on the Eagle Hour. And Kelly setting us up with that second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. It's the first day of fall camp for the Golden Eagles, and obviously you're excited about football season and next time you're in the hub city swing by campus bookmark get you some new football swag or you can always shop and they'll ship it straight to your house campusbookmark.net luke michael and kelly from the first bank studios in hattiesburg and laurel former southern miss receiver and former oak grove head football coach neville Barr joins us now and and coach um i I'm, i'm not i don't want you to to get in a brain fog here but uh, do you remember the first day of uh, of your first preseason camp at the University of Southern Mississippi? Yes, I yes I do. As a matter of fact, I, I I don't guess I'll ever forget that, no matter how old I get, honestly. And I still remember the first day, almost like it was, uh, you know, just like it was yesterday. Now I can't remember a lot of the stuff I'm in between sh- after that, but I remember that. <laughs> I'm sure there was uh, salt tablets and multiple practices and uh, things that probably wouldn't be legal now. No, it was. I remember we went eight days, and uh, you know you went eight days to two days, and it was really probably the toughest thing that, that that I ever went through, and especially see I played for a high school coach, Coach Kraft, who we only went one time a day, you know, like my senior year at seven and at nine at night in the cool of the evening, and he as he would say it, and uh, yeah, so we you know we would go in the mornings, I mean, and the old dudes coming up off the ground, you know that, and the heat and all that, and we'd go for a good you know, two hours of getting after it. And, and then we would go back and, of course, eat and have meetings. And then we would uh, – and then we'd basically, you'd, you know, you'd go to bed and sleep till the afternoon practice started at about 3 till about 6. And then after that, you had more meetings. So it, it was really going to about – from starting early in the morning to about 9 o'clock at night. It was almost – except for sleeping and eating, it was almost nonstop. It um – when, when I was days. playing for, uh, oh yeah, absolutely. When, when I was playing for Mike Taylor in high school, and and then we got to Southern Miss, we were accustomed like four hour practices. So when we got to Southern Miss, we look around and be like, man, it's two hours. This this stuff's awesome, but uh, <laughs> sure sure makes them tough. Uh, Co- we we had Will Hall on yesterday, Coach Barr, and and what is the I guess from your perspective, the biggest challenge of kind of setting the tempo for a new culture, especially as he enters his first preseason camp. Well, you know, you know, I believe more than anything, and I think he's already done that. Luke, I mean, I think he's got to have them believe, and he's got to have them really believe, and they're going to win. He's, you know, he's got to create that chemistry, and I know everybody says, "Well, what is chemistry?" And it's really getting those players to believe and to really care about each other and to know what their mission is and all that. And, and you know, with Coach Hall, here, here's here's what I, when I look at this with Coach Hall, I think he's a great quarterback coach. You know, I, I think that's his specialty, and I think that's big. And, uh, and then I, I, he's an excellent play caller. And he's a great organizer. And, he, of course, he's got a lot of energy, in, and he's going to create that chemistry. And uh, so I, I think he's going to win. I mean, I believe it. So I, I think that's what you got to believe. And you got to have that just going through the whole team. Coach Neville Barr, you played, obviously, in those, those years at Southern Miss back in the 1900s. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll just we'll just put it put it at that. But then you've also coached up until recently, youngsters. Has the game we know hasn't necessarily changed a lot. The equipment is you know more technologically advanced and things like that. But but has coaching the new the new age athlete had to change? Well, you know, I think it has some, Kelly, but I don't think – I think some people still – I think the same things it took to win back in 1970 and is the same things it takes to win today. I think it's those exact same things. Now, we do it in a different style and a different way, and, and I think coaches have learned more about getting more, a little bit more rest and being more fresh and stuff like that in the weight room is advanced and all that in the off-season year-round, but I think the same things win it and the same mentality wins it today as it did. And I think most kids, even today, want to be disciplined. You know, there, there's a thing out there that, well, kids nowadays are, are a little bit softer. They don't want to be disciplined. That's not true. They want to be disciplined. They may fight it a little bit harder than back in those days, but they want to be disciplined. It makes them feel proud. You know, that's why how the Marines get people. The few, the proud, you know, that's how they do it. It is interesting that you brought that up because that's where I was going next is the, the new age athlete. It's, well, they don't use their legs, you know, because they're sitting around so much. They're, they're fing- they've got great eye-hand coordination because of all the video games they participate in. <laughs> but, but their legs don't want to necessarily work with, with the rest of the body. So if I'm hearing what you're saying, athletes really haven't changed a great deal. No, well, I think they have in the sense, Kelly, you go year-round right now because of some of the things you're saying. And I think the off-season programs now have improved. I mean, you got better athletes now probably because, I don't know if they're better athletes or tougher athletes, but they're bigger, faster, stronger athletes because of the advance and in, in really in the weightlifting and the quickness and all those, you know, all the things that, that, you, that you get better and better in the off-season. It's, and it's year-round. It's year-round in high school now. Luke, go ahead, buddy. Kelly, uh, uh, yeah, I appreciate it, Kelly. Coach Barr, Talk to uh, Coach Hall, and we had Austin Armstrong on Tuesday, and you know just the fact that Coach Hall, being an offensive mind, is making so much emphasis on defense, and I think that's refreshing for uh, for some Golden Eagle fans over the last you know ten ten years or so. But what what is why would head coaches get into a mindset where basically they just think we're going to outscore you know the the competition and not emphasize defense? Well, you know, I mean, I think that's something that, that you're right. It is a little bit. A lot of people do feel like that way now. But, you know, I feel, and I've said, you know, before, and, you know, the defense is really still the heart and soul of any football team. And it's, uh, it, it's, that, it, it's that toughness. And, and uh, you know, and like I said, it, it carries over to the offense, the special teams. Uh, it, it carries over to the fans. So I, I think you still, if you look at the great, great teams, with the exception of a few, most of them still play pretty good tough-nosed defense, and that's what I think we got to do at Southern Miss, and I think we will do. And, and I like Coach, you know, Meat and Coach uh, Armstrong. I like him. I think he's, uh, he's going to create that, and I think we're going to be a fun hit. There's nothing like game tackling and that excitement in football there. Coach Barr, you talked about uh, that you'll never forget that first day of two-a-days as it was back when you played. Athletes getting checked in over there today. They will have their first full practice tomorrow morning at 8.30. What's running through their heads right now? What are those guys thinking as they are ready to strap it up where it counts? Well, I think they're excited. I think they're excited to get back out there. They can't wait for the season. They can't wait for the, the first games to start. I think that, you know, even I remember, you know, my first day, and I'm sure Lou, you know, my first day out there, uh, 
you know, during those eight days, the two days, it was so brutal. The first couple of days, I was pretty excited. It was about day three, four, and five that I was thinking, you know, this is ridiculous. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I was thinking, you know, you don't play football in the morning. What are we still doing out here all day? You know, I think everybody went through that mind in those eight because I think they were actually trying to – it was a mental toughness, as Coach Underwood would say, mental toughness those eight days. I think they would – I mean, you'd have blisters. You'd be sore. You'd be tired. You'd be – you know, so uh, I think it was more of a mental thing than anything. Yes. So, so did coaches did coaches kind of use that perhaps as a weeding out process, as it were? Well, yeah, it definitely will weed some out. There's no question about that. And uh, but but I think they did. And you know, if you look back in those days, of, uh, and of course I loved you know Texas football and all that kind of stuff when they had. I mean, they would have that. Uh, whew, they would have some brutal, brutal practice. And Luke, matter of fact, Luke. Well, I'm going to ask you this before I forget it. I talked to uh, Mike Taylor today, and uh, yeah, and he was and talk about tough practices. I know he did, but he was telling me I want to add this this thing right here. I want to. He was telling me about what a great quarterback you were and all this stuff. But after you tore your ACL, uh, which you wasn't even supposed to dress out the next week. You talked him into letting you come and you kicked the field goal against Gulfport. Now that's true, right? That's a true story. <laughs> that is true. If we skipped a week, no, I we beat Lawrence County, and then uh, I slapped a Bledsoe brace on literally in pregame, and I think my mother beat my father up in the stands. But Coach Taylor uh, <laughs> let let me kick for for sure. That's actually a, a true story. That's yeah, good I stuff. knew it was. Um, in fact, my, uh, Mike was telling me about your mother too. wasn't real happy about it, but. But but uh, Luke, I even got I look. I already had tremendous admiration for you, what you stand for. But now I really did after Mike told me that story. Well, well, what people don't know about that is that game that I tore my ACL earlier in the game. I got flushed out of the pocket and ran to the side and had to throw the ball away. And I and I got shoved into Coach Taylor. So I stepped on his foot, and when I stepped on his foot, I broke his foot. So after the game, I got my leg propped up with ice on it. He's got his foot propped up, and, and it was unfortunately uh, against Taylorsville, so they got us again. Yeah, uh, yeah, but anyway, wow. Coach, uh, about 30 seconds left, uh, last question. What's the biggest challenge for Will Hall uh, in, in this season? Well, you know, I, I, think the, I think the whole big thing is, and I think it's going to happen, Luke, I, I think the chemistry and them keeping believing because they're going to go through you know how football is you know Lou Holtz used to say you're going to go through about three major things every year and you know no matter what it is it could be key injuries it could be this or that but you've got to overcome those major things you've got to overcome little sitbacks and never get down and if you really have the right chemistry which I think they will you're, they're not going to get down they're not going to quit they're not going to give up I really believe that this is going to be a, a, a big season for them more with former Southern Miss football player and uh... I think, high school football Hall of Famer everywhere. Neville Barr, when the Eagle Hour continues, you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi. Southern Miss to the top. Bob Getty off today, but Kelly Sander and Michael Mergens in the First Bank studio in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson with us in the First Bank studio in Laurel. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Now, if you're a big fan of synchronized swimming, as I think you all know I am, 
the, the Olympics will be televised at 4th Street Bar and Grill. But tonight, NFL football back on television as the Dallas Cowboys take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Hall of Fame game. Yes, folks, we are getting close to the beginning of the National Football League season. And, of course, not only is that going on, but a great place to shoot a game of pool, play a game of darts. Uh, they've got golden tea there. The golfers really like that. And, of course, always a cold beverage and home of that 895 lunch, and you're just a stone's throw from Southern Miss, whether you're going to a game at Reed Green at uh, Pete Taylor Park or The Rock. Fourth Street Bar and Grill right over the Fourth Street, Highway 49 Bridge. We're glad that they're with us on the Eagle Hour. Continuing our discussion with former Southern Miss football player Neville Barn, who had a great coaching career now, somewhat retired. Although he is still coaching, not football. Cross country and track. Yeah, there, there you go. Cross country and track coaching now um, for one of the private schools in the local area. Science has really advanced, if nothing else, Coach Barr, from the time that you played anywhere from uh, weight training to more specifically uh, food and nutrition. None of those right. things were really as hardcore as they are today back when you played. No, no, they wasn't. Matter of fact, we didn't really, I mean, weightlifting, we, we started, we had a little bitty weight run. I mean, and it was, uh, and, and we really did it. And it was like then, you know, like now, it's kind of a year round where you got them under, where even in the summertime, you've got them in school or something there. But we all had jobs or whatever. And, and the ones that lived in that area, we would come up and lift, but it would all be on like universal machines. We didn't have any free weights when I was there at Southern. And and your your meals you just it was just uh, what now the meals we ate in the meals were good and we ate it over there in the dorm you know we lived in the dorm everybody lived in the one dorm Van Hall over there and, and so yeah the meals were fantastic you you know you ate a good breakfast and you and you were supposed to and during the season you had to be there you know breakfast lunch and supper so you you know it was uh so yeah the, the nutrition was probably just as good or or better in a way but so is it possible. Maybe remote, but is it possible that you, Neville Barr, and Luke Johnson may have been housed in the same room at the great Van Hall and not even known it? Uh, well, I don't. I'm, Luke was a little afterwards. No, no, no. I know that, but I'm saying like you would have you would have lived in the dorm room in the '70s, and it might be the same dorm room oh, that he yeah, occupied. That's true. That you is know? true. That is true. Yeah. So were, that is true. were you on the third Better. floor, Luke? It depends on the year, because uh, because I lived <laughs> off campus. Coach Bauer, uh, okay, you know, we we could stay if we had a certain GPA, we could stay off campus. But every two a days, we would have to move in, and we would have to stay there. Everybody stayed in van for you know throughout two a days, and we would eat breakfast in in van when the, because the commons wasn't open that early when we would practice early in the mornings. So yeah, some sometimes I stayed on the second floor, sometimes I stayed on the third floor, but always with Darren McCaleb. Yeah, I was, I was on the second floor the whole time. But, uh, but you, you know, and I remember one year there, you know, the Saints actually, Kelly, I don't know if you and Luke remember that. Back then, they actually practiced with us one offseason. I mean, not offseason, but preseason. Like, they did their preseason. You know how they'll go to West Virginia now and that? Right. But they did it at Southern Miss. And we would, I mean, I remember Danny Abramowitz, the great receiver. We'd all, all the receivers, we'd go over there and eat with him just because, you know, and, and right. of course, you had, uh, you know, all those players back in those days. So that that was kind of a, you know, that was the most fun, I'll say, uh, 
two a days. Well, when, when, and when you, you know, got, we didn't practice with them, but we You know, they were there when we were there in different practice times. When you guys look back, when you Neville Barr and you Luke Johnson as former players at Southern Miss, when you guys go back to the campus and just see how much has changed, you know that this building doesn't exist anymore, and. There's now a dorm where the, where the, the Osceola-McCarty Hall is now where the tennis courts used to be. And, right. the, you know, the baseball field used to be where the football practice field is now. And oh, yeah. that, you know, Century Park is brand new. How, how do you do – because you have, you have a picture of the campus of the way it was when you were there. And now you go back there and it's not like that. Do you have problems – dealing with the past in that way do you do you feel kind of melancholy when you see that the the university has changed and it's not the way you remember it no you know i don't because really the center of that campus right there in the very center of it you know what right that looks the same to me i always say that you know them big oak trees there that that kind of looks the same now the stadium's bigger but it's the same it was the same place and of course, all the like you said, the dorms and all that. But oh yeah, it just definitely changed, and it's a beautiful campus. But uh, you know, I, but it's still when I walk in that down that middle, I you know, it's still the same. Those memories come flooding back. How about you, Luke? Have you, of course, you you've been at campus a little more often, so probably haven't noticed the major changes because they've been more gradual for you. Yeah. It's weird at the time, like when I know the commons needed to be replaced, but when the commons got tore down, it was just kind of like, ah, you know, because I mean, there was so many things that happened in the commons. Memories, That's yeah. where that's you right. would bond with dudes. Um, and, and like right after Katrina, that's where they fed us. So, I mean, that, that was big. Uh, a, a few more. I think my dorm room was like the last one that didn't get torn down in Bond Hall. Uh, and so I can still see that. But, I mean, the, the fact that, the, to Coach Barr's point, the fact that the hub's there, if, if something ever happened to the hub, I don't think anything That's ever right. would. But that, that as, as long as the hub's there, there's always reminiscent uh, of, of this is the same old Southern, Southern Miss and that will always be. See, you guys yeah, don't you're absolutely, you, you you're guys, absolutely right. You, you guys don't remember when they played basketball at the old sports arena. No, I, I don't dude, remember that. Let but me I, tell you. <laughs> But I did play I, I a lot remember, of intramural I remember being in there and I remember being in the sports arena in full sweats in March wrestling <laughs> on a circuit training. Yes. So and, and Coach Barr, I don't know if you knew this too, when they were building the new field house in the Duff Center, it was between my freshman and redshirt freshman year. We actually that was our weight room was the old sports arena. Wow. Wow. And Neville, you what? you said you played rec basketball in the old sports arena? Yeah, we played uh yeah. Played intramural basketball there all the time. And if and, people uh, aren't, but people aren't familiar where the old sports arena is, it's now, it, it's where the the Trent Lot Center is. Right. But it faced right. the other direction. The sports arena yeah. actually yeah. Uh, was perpendicular to the rock. So yeah, that, that's where they played basketball before Reed Green Coliseum uh, was opened. I think in 1961 or 62. You guys didn't know I was this old, did you? Uh, hey, that's good, Kelly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I still remember seeing some, all those great athletes, Fred Cook, all those in there playing intramural. We'd all play intramural. Bat- and Ray Guy, my gosh, could he play some basketball. What? And uh, well, I remember seeing all those guys, I mean, you know, playing. We've all played on, you know, different teams, but it was, uh, yeah, that was some special times and, there, too. And I want to ask but you Like about- Luke said about the hub, now that's where I can see the Fred Cooks, the Ray guys, all those great players that I remember 
you know, that I was honored to play with. Uh, I can still see them sitting around the hub during between classes. Now, now, Neville, I've been asked this question a lot, and I'll, I'll, and I'll tell you how I answer it, and I'll, I'll get you to, to react to it. When people ask me who was the best all-around athlete, not in any particular sport, but just the best all-around athlete to ever play at Southern Miss, to me, and, and no disrespect to anybody else, but to me it's not a difficult answer, Ray Guy. No, no question about it. And it didn't I matter mean, the sport. In, in me. Now, I'm not saying he was the best ever because I didn't see all of them, but he's the best athlete that I personally witnessed and watched ever. And it didn't matter the sport, did it? No, it did not matter the sport. I mean, he could throw a baseball 100 miles an hour. He was unbelievable in basketball. You know, and that's the only one he didn't play on the thing, you know, as far as the, uh, at the actual for the school. And then, of course, football, he was a heck of a safety could throw the ball about 90 yards and you know and, and of course you know unbelievable kicker and the, one sport that people sometimes forget about ray guy is the guy can drive a golf ball about 400 yards well that's what i've heard i hadn't seen that but oh. that's what i heard on that too no that I, surprised me that he i've never seen anything that he didn't he what that he wouldn't be winning or excel at it was it was amazing because he sure didn't look Look like it when you looked at it. Right. You could. You'd have never known right. it. Well, in our last two minutes here with uh, Coach Neville Barr, former player at, at Southern Miss, realistically, Coach Barr, what should Eagle fans expect from Will Hall's first squad as they begin practices tomorrow? What's What's reasonable to expect this season? Well, I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna go to a bowl game, and I have. I, I really do no doubt of that. I think they're gonna compete for their division, even though I know they're picked fourth in their, you know, in the West Division or whatever, but. I think they'll compete in that. They'll have a chance to win that. It depends on you know those things. You know if they if they can stay healthy, and if they can overcome those, they're going to have some problems. And if they can overcome those problems, I think they got the talent. I think they got the energy and enthusiasm right now. And I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think this will be a surprise year. All right, quickly before we go to break, as the bumper music comes in, Neville Barr, one one quick answer. Who could, very, in your view, potentially face Alabama for the national championship of college football this year? Just so that Luke Johnson hears it come from you. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I, I think I'm hoping Iowa State, and that's. I, I really think they. No, they don't have depth like they should, but they have got some outstanding, outstanding talent. And Kelly, let you me paid just say this. Say that. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> let me say this too. I want to say this, Kelly. You were the best. You were the best at what you did. I mean, I admire you so much, and Luke. Let me tell you something. Thank you so much for the kind of person you are, what you stood for. And you're one of the best kickers. I mean, when you think of the great kickers, you got Ray Guy, and of course you got, uh, oh gosh, what was the uh, guy in the sixth? Coach, um, Coach, we got to roll, okay? We got to anyway, roll. Hey, thank you for all you've done for everybody in a difference maker. Thanks, Coach. Y'all. Thank y'all. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Thursday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Best fitness around, best training around, best way to get your swing, the best it can be, softball, baseball, all of that's all at DBAT and D1 training in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, a couple news and notes. 
Southern Miss linebacker Hayes Maples has been named to the Rotary Lombardi Award preseason watch list. 80 players across college football on that preseason watch list. It is given to the player over the course of a season who has the best outstanding performance and ability and best exemplifies the character and discipline of NFL Hall of Fame coach Vince Lombardi. Last year, Maples led the Golden Eagle football team with 91 tackles and eight tackles uh, for loss. And so, Hayes Maples... Uh, who will be heading up that rejuvenated nasty bunch uh, this year. Congratulations to him. Soccer just two days away from the kickoff of soccer season, but the kickoff of all Southern Miss uh, athletics for the 2021 to 2022 season. This Saturday, it's an exhibition against William Carey, 5 p.m. in Hattiesburg. So Coach Mo and the the ladies getting ready. They will play another exhibition game next week against Florida, and uh, then the season officially starts August 14th against Louisiana Monroe. Bob's out today, and the reason he is out, uh, J.T. Williamson laid to rest up in uh, Madison, Mississippi. If you didn't know J.T., uh, I'm sure you heard him, but if you had never met him before, uh, just a, a very outgoing personality, a magnetic personality, JT John Thomas Williamson passed away from lymphoma earlier in uh, in the week and uh, had a service in memory of his life today at Broadmoor Baptist Church in in Madison uh, and that's where Bob is today along with so many of our Super Talk family Kelly I remember um, we were we were doing a, a JT was doing a live remote at, at the Rock and they were set up um, inside the stadium in the in the north end zone and. Uh, Coach Hop was was the head football coach at that time, and and I went upstairs and and said, "Hey, coach, they'd love to, you know, have you uh, down here and and to talk uh, to JT." So he came down, and JT asked him a question off air. Uh, you that was kind of when was it? Three or four years ago, when everybody was talking about you know the new tackling form to limit concussions. Do you remember when that discussion was going on? Yes, indeed. So. Coach Hop comes down and they're they're talking and you know he, he asked Coach Hop his uh, his opinion of it and so it was it was crazy. Jay Hobson got got JT out of his chair. He took his earphones <laughs> off and and Coach Hop was basically like using JT as like a tackling dummy in the end zone. He was saying, "Now we gotta you know I'm I'm the old school. You gotta come with the hands and you know JT had on his Super Talk polo and and uh, Coach Hop like ripped him you know up and grabbed his his uh, his shirt behind him and JT he loved it uh, simply because he was getting tackled and a form tackled by a head football coach in, in the state of Mississippi. Yep. But so he always was being around. Um, he, he really never met a stranger. Great relationship with, with Scott Barry. So a lot of tears shed today, but a lot of great memories as people remember JT's life. And he fought it, boy. He he fought it. He went to about every different, you know, medical professional. I mean, highly, highly educated, highly reputable uh, people to try to to try to fight this and and fought it as as long as he could. I mean, it's just it's just as simple as that. And uh, the c word is a is a tough word, man. And uh, but for him to battle it the way he did, you know, he went out he went out you know like he lived life. And um, you know, uh, so we we salute him um, today. Not not to end necessarily on a. You know, a melancholy note like that. But you were talking about Hayes Maples there a little bit earlier, Luke. Now, there's a guy, you know, tore his ACL, right, last year. And a lot of people thought that if he was going to be back at all, it might be midway through this season. And you, you talk to the, the way that he has progressed 
from that from that uh, surgery. It it would not surprise me if doctors release him pretty soon that he may be ready to go for the opener, and that's a testament to how hard that guy has fought it has fought his knee injury and wanting to be back out there on the field. And he may have just missed Neville Barr as a head coach. He might, I'm not sure if he maybe played a few years for Neville Barr and then uh, Drew Causey, but he, played at Oak, he prepped at Oak Grove here locally. But uh, Hayes Maples, a heck of a player. Looking forward to seeing him play as much as he can this year. But coming off an ACL injury, unbelievable how quick. I watched him. Uh, I was covering a game Oak Grove played against Laurel, and, and John Rice Plumley was out that game. So they just put – He's Maples back there in the Wildcat, and he just ran over people the entire game. Impossible to, to really bring down on the high school level. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that, and I think some of this new coaching staff has, has rejuvenated. Just kind of to end this way, uh, as, as Bob represents all of us today up at, up at JT's uh, memorial service, uh, you know, JT, he, he loved Mississippi State, no qualms about that, but he always had great respect for Southern Miss, like I said, great um, – Great relationship with Scott Barry and and had family ties to Southern Miss and so came to Hattiesburg a lot and always uh, you know supported uh, the Golden Eagles but we salute J T Williamson today Bob representing all of us and uh, we pray for his family as they mourn their loss blessed are those who mourn they will be comforted great appreciation for Cross Sively coming on today as well as Neville Barr uh, talking to Kelly and I. Always a big appreciation, Michael Mergens producing. Best one in the business. We'll catch you tomorrow. Bob should be back, and uh, we'll take you into the weekend. Same time tomorrow. And as always, Southern Miss. To the the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.